This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder, the celebrity hometown edition. You know it, you love it. We hope by now because there's been a few. It's built now to the level that we are at, which is high level celebrity <laughs> hometowning, high level podcasting too. It's it's really the pinnacle of entertainment, <laughs> of hangouts, yep. of Zoom calls. Vanity Fair calls it great. <laughs> Hollywood Reporter says, huh? What? Okay. Uh, okay. But this one I think is very special in so many ways, this episode. So many ways. Yeah. Um, our guest today plays clubs and colleges all over the country. <laughs> you know her, of course, from Will and Grace. You know her from Party Down, which they're rebooting. Did you know that? Yeah. They're rebooting Party oh. Down. Amazing. You've seen her also. She does voices for Bob's Burgers. Oil Spill is my favorite song of all time recorded. <laughs> And then of The Great North, which is also on Fox, please welcome the legendary Megan Mullally. <gasps> Hi, cutest girls in the world. <laughs> you. Oh, my God. You know, I loved your book so much, right? Oh, Thank God. you. I lost my mind when I heard that. Yeah. Karen and I have known each other for a while, but then yeah. I didn't know you, Georgia, and so it made me want to become inseparable best friends with both of you. <laughs> We're working on it. We're doing our very best to be, even through a a quarantine and a pandemic, we're (laughs) going to stay in touch with you. That's right. I was trying to think when we met, Karen, because I I think there was a minor competition between me and Nick as to who (laughs) met you first. (laughs) Karen was trying to subtly claim that he did, and I would think I was trying to claim that I did. I feel like either of those meetings would have been at Largo, right? Yeah. Probably, chances are. Or through a mutual friend who you used to write for, a female friend. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. That's right. Is this gossip time? Yes. Are you ready for (laughs) Gossip Corner? Yes. Always. (laughs) Who's writing for who this season? (laughs) (laughs) All I know is that uh, one time, Patton Oswalt took me to see a play that you starred in on the West Side, which... I would like to say, give it up for me going to the West Side to watch live theater. Crazy, I know. But it was, and I know I've gushed to you about this already, but it was a play, and I believe it was called The Secretary or... The Receptionist. The Receptionist. Yeah. And Georgia, when I tell Mm. you that Megan Mullally is the best actress of all time, (sighs) I can't explain what I saw in that not gigantic theater on the West Side near a carpet remnant store. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) It was so fucking good and real and amazing. And it was just, it was like, it made me miss seeing live theater. Ugh. But then it also made me go like, you're just an unbelievably talented person, Megan. Yeah. I, that, it's just so exciting. It's that's exciting. That's really nice. Um, I basically officially retired from acting over the pandemic and now I've been <gasps> lured back in. But uh-huh. um, yes. <laughs> but you know that, I'm glad you saw that play because it's a cool play. It's just a real short, like one it's like a long one act, I guess. Yeah. And I love that play. And actually, probably of all the things I've ever done, that might have been my favorite. Really? Wow. 
I loved it. Yeah, I loved doing it. Mm -hmm. It was so brilliant. Like the set almost looked to me like an 80s office, you know? Totally, yeah. And Megan played the receptionist. Did she have a name or was just the receptionist? Beverly. Beverly. (laughs) Beverly was running things. Oh my God, I want to see it. It was amazing. I think it'll ever be turned into... Like watchable on um, not in a 99 seat theater material? Probably not. You know, yeah. it's, it's a little too good. Let's get it to FX. <laughs> That's, it had a real FX feel to it, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah. It could be a. We'll get Ryan Murphy to produce it and oh just really God. go for it. Did you guys watch Impeachment? I didn't. Oh. No. Oh my, what? Was it's it amazing? The new Ryan Murphy thing about, Clinton? yeah, oh, about Bill Clinton and yeah, I missed that. Monica Lewinsky. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Does she come off as like redeemed as how we treated her? Well, yeah, it's mostly about the whole thing between Monica Lewinsky and Linda Tripp. Oy vey. And oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. Oh. Margot Martindale? No. The- Who plays Linda Tripp? Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Oh, she is going to win every award ever invented. Her performance is off the chain. You can't even recognize her. They did all these prosthetics and stuff on her. You, you literally don't even know it's her. It's unreal. Oh, oh my God. I have to write this She's down. She's so good. Is it yeah. one of those things that are like you're cringing while you watch, like succession, where you're like, oh my God, this is making me uncomfortable, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that's why I skipped it, but I, that sounds incredible. But Ryan Murphy is so good oh my about God. picking the the thing that you desperately want to yes. see, you know, like yes. the whole OJ thing and now this. Oh, God. The OJ thing was perfection. Uh Also, I didn't hear a lot of people talk about Ratchet in the way I wanted them to because that series felt like doing drugs by watching TV. I was like, this is the way he set designs, Mm -hmm. like the way it all goes together and it like hypnotizes you. It's just, yeah, that guy's pretty Mm. I didn't see that one. Yeah. It was nuts. It was was very, you know. And how does he, he's so prolific. He does like... Yeah. Four shows a year. It's crazy. He turns it out. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him at a party once and he was wildly courting um, Joan, you know, from Dynasty, Joan. Uh, Joan Collins. Joan Collins. No. He was like, hi. I, and he was just, you know, he was like laser focused on Joan Collins, who he then, I guess, she did something. She did one of the. Wow. I don't know. I don't watch the scary ones. The American, American Horror, Horror Story. Story. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, she yeah. did one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I dipped on those after the Lady Gaga season of the Haunted Hotel. I was just kind of like, there's so many things going on here. I can't, I'm overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen House of Gucci out of you. Oh, no. I would. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. It's right? supposed to be fun. I just have no energy to track stuff down. Yeah. I want to see it. <laughs> Yeah, it has to be delivered to my house in a manila envelope (laughs) to watch it. It will. It will be. Oh, right? I can Mm -hmm. do, I can turn on Game of Thrones and that's about it. Like, I just don't have much else in terms of uh, scrolling power in my mind right now. I think House of Gucci is already on Netflix or something. I don't know. All right. Oh, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll totally watch that. Do you not like scary movies and scary shows and stuff? No. But I have a very scary murder to talk to you about. You do. That I'm not scared of. I'm not scared of talking about. So you can do true crime, but not like the scary jump at you stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We watch a lot of like 
you know, true crime documentaries and stuff, or not a lot, but we watch the ones that we hear that are good. Yeah, yeah. And I've gone through periods of like getting sucked into datelines, you know, Uh late at night. (laughs) Very soothing at night. Yeah, Yeah, but I, but then sometimes I'm like, oh, dateline, like I don't even want to see it at, scares me to even think about totally. it. Totally. It's very intense. Yeah. It is. But I like your podcast because I like you guys and I like oh. hearing about, you know. Thanks. We break it to you kind of gently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's a little more of a, we're sitting around the kitchen table trying to, t- just trying to tell you stuff we think you need to know. Totally. Yeah. It's important information to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keith Morrison has a, a different approach. <laughs> it's different. It hits you harder, I think. Yeah. I think so. The voice, I mean, the, the, his voice is like, uh, what is that voice? It's so hammy. He's a super <laughs> narrator. He's like the ultimate narrator. I know. It's so over the top. Who does um, Who does Cheaters? Because that one is also like, that like syndicated show where they would catch people oh, in vans. Then oh the guy who narrates it is... Hilariously hammy. It might be that same guy. Hold on, I got it here. Cheaters TV show. George is coming in with the actual facts. Here I go. (laughs) Uh, Joey Greco. That's not him. He was the host and then... There was an actual narrator. He got beaten up by one of the right? <laughs> cheating people. I yeah, he got remember. like totally beaten up, like thrown around like a fucking rag doll on one of the episodes, and then he quit the show. And they got somebody else. Oh my god, that show made I couldn't watch it after a little while. It was just like, oh, it's so depressing. Yeah, it's so depressing. Also, hard enough to do man on the street style kind of pseudo new show like that. That's a lot of work Yeah, uh-huh. without being threatened personally. Like that's just ridiculous. I feel like I've seen episodes of that that I thought were faked. Yes. Oh yeah. Where I sure. thought that people were like, oh no, you caught us. No. Yeah. We want to be on TV. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, but they're fa- they're tur- cheating out to the camera. What? Get out of here. <laughs> Their hair looks great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only thing that makes me think it's not fake is is people just look like total ass. So maybe that's... <laughs> yeah. Means. I think that was before we realized you could Google anything and anyone's name for the rest of their lives, it'll show up. Like a uh, job interview. Like, hey, you were on Cheaters. <laughs> Let's God. check this out. Yep. Oh. <laughs> the permanence of online. Yeah. For real. Uh, it's too much. Really. Yeah. Truly. Can we talk for one second about how they're rebooting Party Down and how yeah. that's what America needs right uh, now? Yeah, I'm so excited about that because not only because it's a great show and it's the writing's great, but it's the nicest cast in the history of and producers, nicest people in the world. Mm. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that because I need it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need a palate cleanse. Yes. I can't believe I just saw it. it. wasn't on since 2010, which feels impossible, but I think it's just because we've gone back to rewatch it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so many freaking times. Because it's just like a yeah, joy. Yeah, like now it's on streaming. Like yeah. it keeps coming back yeah. where you're like, oh, wait, I can watch it again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was right after I did that play that you saw, Karen. That's Oh, the, really? Yeah, I went to do that. That. Um, do you think the receptionist got you the role on Party <laughs> I'm Down? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The kind of muscles uh-huh. that you started flexing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
Adam Scott's one of the first people I met in Los Angeles when I moved to town. He was in an acting class with my roommate. So he would hang out sometimes. Like that was her other group of friends when we were all, you know, feeling our Los Angeles oats. He just seemed like a regular guy. He was super nice. And he really loved Mr. Show. So I would get him into the Mr. Show parties. So we kind of bonded forever. And then I just watched him like just skyrocket into major fame and who he's like the most deserving, wonderful person. He's the best. Yeah. He's such a great guy. And Ken Marino. I mean, everybody on that Mm. show is so great. Martin Starr. Yeah. Lizzie Kaplan can't do it, but everybody else is coming back. And Jane Lynch too, of course, because she was the first season. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She was the first season and I was the second season, not playing her role, but playing a role that kind of filled a a gap that they needed filled, you know? Yeah. 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 She's great. So exciting. Mm -hmm. Very exciting. We're definitely going to talk about that when it happens. Um, Okay. Do you want to tell us your hometown? Yeah. Okay. I think it's really good one. It's crazy. (laughs) It's a crazy, it's gross. It's really bad. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. 
Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. So I went to a private school in Oklahoma City. It was very small. Like when I graduated from high school, there were only like 69 people in my graduating class. If Nick heard me say the word 69, he'd go into a whole monologue. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just his head comes in from the side. Nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I went there from first grade through high school, but I think seventh grade, this, I don't want to say the person's name because I'm not even going to say if it's, it was a boy or a girl because it's a really, really nice person was always very nice. So that this person comes into the school and proves themselves to be, you know, this extremely nice person who very shy and very sweet, but kind of in the popular group anyway. Not that I was, but they were and really sweet and remains so to this day. Okay. So in 1985, when we were, I think I was 26. So let me do the backstory first. So the crime happened in 1985, but when we were still in high school, we were probably sophomores in high school, this person's parents got a divorce. And I don't remember even hearing about that really. Maybe I, I mean, maybe I vaguely do, but there were no details. There was nothing. Well, it turns out that the reason that they got a divorce was that my friend's father had taken up with the babysitter who was 14. (gasps) And... So when she was 15 or 16, they got married and they were married for almost nine years. They had two kids. Wow. And then in 1985, so the guy was a geologist and he was like, you know, like reasonably upper middle class, like reasonably well off. And there was a oil boom in the late seventies. So he was making good money and he put her through high school, college and drama school. Whoa. Oh, wait. I forgot to say, when they met, she was 14 and he was 45. Okay. Oh, my God. Jesus. So, in 1985, the marriage was on the rocks. They were getting a divorce. He had accused her of embezzling money from his oil exploration company that he had. Whether that's true or not, 
I have no idea. I don't think it was. So what I heard specifically, I remember this vividly from a mother who had told me this, was that she decided that she wanted to move to New York and audition for Broadway shows because she was 25 and she had taken, you know, she went to drama school and she was doing theater locally in Oklahoma City, which honestly, like back then there was some good theater there. I don't Mm. know if there still Mm. is or not, probably. Or yeah, I think there is. Um, But it's surprisingly more than you would think. Mm -hmm. So they were... About to get a divorce, but they were still living together. And on a certain morning, like in May of 1985, he took the kids out of the house in the morning. There were some workmen working around who reported this later, took these kids out and then came back to the house uh, not too long after that. And then at around 10 a.m., he comes to the back door of the house and he yells out to the workmen, call the fire department and an ambulance. So the fire department gets there. The house is completely on fire. Mm -hmm. So they go in, they go to the upstairs bedroom, which is completely on fire. And they find this girl. This is like the most disturbing image in the whole thing, draped over a couch. Uh Burned over 95% of her body. The only thing not burned was a small area on the top of her head. Okay, so she's still alive. Mm. Oh, the, so the guy, the father of my friend is, this is my friend's father. My friend who's the sweetest, Ugh. nicest person in the world. Crazy. And totally like quiet. And anyway, they find the father has also been burned on his arms and his chest and his face. They find the bathtub over two-thirds full of water. There are bits of clothing floating in it, and it looks, it appears to have been used. Hmm. So they get the girl to the hospital, and they ask her questions. He says, so the guy, they find, um, you know, not, not right that minute, but I guess, or they found a gas can, and then they found flammable liquids on the floor and stuff. Hmm. So the father of my friend says that it was a suicide. <laughs> like I'm so, who oh, burns themselves? I mean, no. like if you're a monk and I don't know, but yeah. not, people don't do that. No. And there are accounts of them like having fights and she had told her father and a friend 10 days earlier that he threatened her with a gun and all this stuff. So gets to the hospital and she can't talk, but she nods yes or no. Like, was it Suicide, no. Did he try to, was it, your, you know, your husband? Yes, all that. But then, this is the craziest, so horrible and sad. Mm. She wrote with one finger, she spelled out with one finger on the bed sheet, the man's name, you know, fill in the blank, mm. poured gas on me. And then I wrapped in a blanket. She tried to wrap herself in a blanket mm. to put out the fire. Oh my, God. oh my God. And then she died two days later. So then then the coroner's report said that he hit her on the head and then set her on fire. And then he caught on fire for a minute and put that out. And then he tried to burn the whole house down to cover it up. Yeah. Wow. And he was convicted of first degree murder and arson in the first degree, sentenced to life in prison, And then after about nine years in prison, he died of cancer, but he died in prison. And his sons tried to petition to get him out so that he didn't have to die in prison, but Hmm. that was denied. 
Whoa. He, so he died in 1994. Wow. I was going to say his poor kids, but uh, just what a, what a mess. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't understand how you, you know. Yeah. Yeah, get through that or that that is somehow, because also knowing that he took the kids out, there's like a presence of mind there right. that's so chilling. I know, I know. And it, it's weird like in Oklahoma City because that's not the only friend of mine whose father set the house on fire with family members inside killing <sighs> two, killing the mother and a and I think a brother. Oh my God, Megan. That is another person in my grade, in my class of 69 people too. And then I had another friend whose father was a psychoanalyst or something. And he was like supposedly performing experiments on his wife and he made her drink her own urine among other things. So it was like a crazy, not a, <laughs> Whoa. Wow. never a dull moment. Yeah. For such a small school that is, that's a lot. Is that crazy? Yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, there's nothing else to do. <laughs> Can I ask, was it a Catholic school? No, it was an Episcopal school, which isn't oh. really religious at all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Episcopals are like guitar mass. <laughs> I went to Episcopal camp. It was so loosey-goosey. I was like, this is a religion for me. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Karen, Karen, would it have explained something to you if it had been a Catholic school? Because <laughs> you sounded yeah, so, like, I don't know. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking for answers. This yes, is the kind of thing of where it's like so awful and tragic, and then it's not singular. Like right. that's beyond. So, what's the pattern? Is there like a portal to hell in Oklahoma City? I don't know. I honestly think that. I mean, up until recently, there really wasn't very much to do. And there weren't any good restaurants, really, even, or anything. So all you had to, all there was to do, basically, was drink and cheat on your spouse. Mm. Or drink and drive, I should clarify, and cheat on your spouse. (laughs) You know, to-go cups were, I think, legal. I mean, I don't, I just remember everybody had like booze in a to-go cup, like on, you know, that you hook on your yeah. windshield of your car. I mean, the yeah. the window of your, the driver's side window of your car. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not really sure. Those drive-through liquor stores, I, I, you know, being from Southern California, the first time I saw it was I went to visit a friend in Florida and I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and like the <laughs> that drive-through slushy alcohol. Totally. Ever, yeah. You want a shot of Everclear? And then I was like, I'm sorry. Because you got to like manage your time correctly. You know what I mean? You can't just hang out somewhere. You can't hang right. out at Margaritaville. Right. You have to get it going. Sure. It's true. Also, I've never heard of more people being sent to prison than, I don't know anybody in Los Angeles who's been sent to prison, but in Oklahoma City, there are a lot of people. And I think it's because it's an oil and gas town and people have a lot of money. Mm. I mean, hopefully not for long. I mean, I love Oklahoma City, but I'm just saying like, can't, we need to get rid of all of that and drive yeah. electric cars, et cetera. But yeah. um, I mean, I hope they all find another great job where they can make a lot of money. <laughs> but, you know, people live in this, you know, I, I don't know, there's a lot of money and the stakes are really high. And I think uh, there was a lot of white collar crime. I mean, it's really, really crazy. Wow, that is so sh- so much shocking. When did you leave Oklahoma City? Like right out of high school? Right after high school, yeah. yeah. 1977, yeah. It was a borderline nighttime soap opera. I mean, like that kind of totally. petty, like 
I bet you there's, a, you know, if it was the 80s and people had money, I bet there's a little cocaine mixed in mm. there too. Maybe. Know. Yeah, well, every, everybody was an alcoholic and maybe still are, I don't know. Yeah. Everybody was alcoholic. And I mean, all of my parents, friends, my father, um, you know, just crazy drinking. I mean, yeah. and, you know, smoking, which and that smoking. was <laughs> like madmen, you know, <laughs> madmen yes. level smoking. Yeah. With an oil derrick out the window, like it's just the same <laughs> the same thing, a different business, but this is basically the same setup. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But my mom used to call it Peyton Place, which was the first mm. soap opera back in like the 50s or something. And the cheating, the adultery was off the hook. Like <laughs> you couldn't even keep track with a scorecard. I mean, it was... Wow. That's yeah. So wild. Like, is it just mm-hmm. bored? That's pure boredom, probably, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just everyone. Sounds like the Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. That was just boredom mixed with alcohol. And yeah, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> and a yeah. little bit of a kind of a cowboy sensibility, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. living, living for, t- mm-hmm. <laughs> for tonight. Well, I mean, yeah, I guess in that regard, yeah. But I mean, it was also the kind of thing where it was part of town where everybody was trying to be on the social spectrum, you know? So there's a lot of people with money who lived in big... You should see the houses in this part of Oklahoma City. I mean, I've never seen a neighborhood to rival rival it. Wow. It's insane. It is, I mean, and the lots are like, you know... Four acres. I mean, they're just striking and just these big houses. And yeah, so. Estates. Like oil, oil money, oil estate. Oil, oil You know, and it was a lot yeah. of, but a lot of status and, you know, yeah. status seeking and social climbing and. Luckily got out of there and came to Hollywood where things are so <laughs> much different. <laughs> you know what's so funny though? Again, like all, everybody we know here is so like normal. I know. <laughs> well, yeah. We don't know anybody who does drugs even. I mean, pot. Not anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Not nothing, nothing crazy. Nothing more like. than, yeah. Well, I feel like it's a town of people who had the wherewithal to leave their crazy hometown immediately. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, at least it's those people congregating, the normal people from their crazy hometown that got out. Yeah, when I first moved here when I was 26 in the 80s, it's like if there ever was a kid who was trying to do that, trying to be Hollywood or like party a lot, we were all like, well, like they were always like not cool. Like you didn't want to be around them, you know? Well, because most people are really serious about being here and trying to, like if you've taken the time and risen to some level to actually get here to think that you have a chance, then most people are treat what they're doing pretty seriously. And it's like, yeah, I have to go to bed at 11 because I have to get up and do stuff tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I right. have to learn that. It took me a while to learn that though. Because yeah. I was like, bars, 90s bars, smoking <laughs> inside. It was my favorite. <laughs> but that, yeah, totally. once I actually had a job, I was like, oh, I can't do any, I can't do anything anymore. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing harder than working on a, a film or a television set. If you have to, I mean, if it's single camera and you have to get up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning and mm. work 12 or 14 hours a day. So yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Mm. And be on your toes. Yeah. Whoa, that's that's not just like a passing hometown. Yeah. That's like, you. you're basically, your hometown is your hometown. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> it's like, take a look at Oklahoma City, everybody. It's like, we all talk about Seattle and the Pacific Northwest, yeah. but hold on a second. Turns out, uh, uh, yeah. that's a lot to unpack. I know, I know. I, there are other things I could think of too that crazy things, but yeah, just- Wow, that's what we're here for. Maybe you need to put together an anthology with Ryan Murphy. About called like Oklahoma City. Yes. <laughs> yes. In nineteen eighty one or whatever. I know. <laughs> Nobody would ever believe it. <laughs> Let's get Ryan on the horn. <laughs> it's all come full circle. Yeah, for real. <laughs> it always does on the celebrity hometown. Thank does. you so much for hanging out with us yeah, and doing this favor for us. That's so fun. We are huge fans. You are a fucking bright, shiny light of We love of- you. Joy. Oh, you guys. Thank you too. You. The bright, shiny lights of murder. <laughs> <laughs> right? It feels good to get it out and just talk it through sometimes. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Doesn't it? It does. Oh, uh, so great to see you guys. You too. Yeah, hope to see you in real life soon. Yes, for soon. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do it. We're doing oh, it. We're going to yeah. get it together. Yeah. We're All absolutely right. going to. Epic. Thank you so Thanks, much, Megan. Megan. Thank you. Bye. 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 Elvis, do you want a cookie? This has been an Exactly Right production. Our producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our associate producer is Alejandra Keck. Engineered and mixed by Andrew Eben. Send us your hometowns at myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. For more information about the podcast, live shows, merch, or to join the fan cult, go to myfavoritemurder.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Goodbye. Goodbye.